Philly Built is brought to you by phillyzoning.com, Philadelphia's zoning authority, which is powered by Anastasio Law. Our law offices are located at 2016 Spruce Street in Philadelphia. The history of Philadelphia, like the history of any great city, is written in stone for anyone to read. Hi folks, and welcome back to Philly Built. You know, the strength of our city's growth and vitality often depends on who serves as its chief executive. Today, we welcome writer Victor Fiorillo from Philadelphia Magazine for a no-holds-barred look at the outgoing Kenny administration and the Democratic candidates running to become Philadelphia's 100th mayor. Victor Fiorillo, welcome to Philly Built. Thanks, Vern. Thanks for having me. Um, you're quite welcome. I knew before we get into the nuts and bolts of our conversation today. I I knew you as a musician that backed up Martha Graham Cracker well before I knew you wrote for a living. Um, how is Martha? So Martha, whose real name is Dito, is. Uh, currently fighting leukemia, uh, is actually right now about to get a uh, stem cell transplant up at Penn. Um, He is in good spirits and looking forward to getting back on the stage soon. He's basically at the stage um, in the process where they've completely obliterated his immune system uh, so that his body will accept the uh, stem cell transplant. So um, he, he, he did go into remission recently, and that, you know, you have to go into remission before you can get the transplant. Right. Well, uh, please let him know there's a lot of people thinking about him, um, and I look forward to seeing him on stage again soon. Absolutely. You and me both. So how did you get involved with Philly Mag? Oh, <laughs> Bad decisions made. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I got involved in Philly Mag. I was, you know, in my mid twenties, kind of not really sure what to do with my life. I had a good job at Comcast as a systems engineer, which was, you know, well uh, a well paying job, but super boring. Um, I got fired from that job, and through a sort of like weird series of circumstances, I wound up in the country of Haiti and sort of uncovered this Philadelphia-related story in Haiti, um, a a bit of an environmental scandal. And my friend at the time was an editor at the Philadelphia Weekly, and I mentioned it to her, and it became, uh, you know, she and I wrote it together. It became the front-page story of the Philadelphia Weekly, you know, got me on All Things Considered and another NPR show, won me some awards. And then, you know, when Comcast fired me, my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, said, why don't you try this journalism thing? And, you know, I knew somebody who was on staff, the magazine. They suggested I take an internship. So I did. And then the internship turned into a uh, fact checking job, which became another job. And, you know, now here I am. Let's talk about the Kenny administration. I know it's kind of premature for an autopsy. Uh, but before we get into the current race for mayor and city council, uh, I want to take a look back. 
Um, what do you think were some of the highlights and uh, some lowlights of the Kennedy administration? I thought about this for a good long while. And I mean, the only thing I can come up with for you for, you know, a highlight, an accomplishment of his that I think actually had real impact is his quote unquote soda tax, which is kind of a funny accomplishment because it's such a controversial one. It has so many opponents, uh, but it has also resulted in a lot of funding for things like pre-K and, you know, other things that are part of his rebuild Philly um, or whatever that initiative is called. Um, You know, other than that, unfortunately, just because of his own actions or inaction, his entire career has really been overshadowed by what is just a failure to lead, Um, failure failure to lead during uh, the COVID crisis, a failure to lead uh, amid this, you know, raging homicide and carjacking crisis. I'm not saying the man has to have all the answers who possibly could, but, you know, after a shooting to go on TV and I don't know, maybe the guy had a few too many beers, but, uh, to say, you you know, you don't want to be the mayor anymore. You're looking forward to being done. And he's, he's made other remarks like that that are just not befitting, you know, the mayor of the sixth largest city in the country. So he's really not a leader. He's demonstrated that he has no interest in leading, you know, and in in fact, he doesn't lead just, you know, this week we have seen some real mayhem in Philadelphia, you know, unlike uh, the the quote unquote normal day to day things, which are horrible, of course. Um, but you know, just these large group, I mean, hundreds of people on, I think early Sunday morning blocking the entrance to the casino in Fishtown, um, doing all kinds of stupid, but fun looking things with their cars. That's all great, but you're disrupting a business. And then they wind up sort of trapping a cop in the middle of his car. Uh, he's, you know, putting out a distress call over the radio saying he's surrounded by five to 700 people. Cop cars wind up being vandalized that night. Um, And then just last night, you know, we had these um, incidents in Center City, hundreds and hundreds of uh, teens just kind of like taking over the streets um, in a way that we don't normally see. Um, And, uh, you know, the mayor sent out some tweets late last night. Well, I don't remember the last time the mayor held a meaningful press conference that wasn't announced at the last minute where real journalists could ask real questions, hard questions. Uh, And, you know, in light of these two incidents and all the retail shops uh, that have closed, the Wawa's and the other problems in Center City, I'd love for the mayor to get behind a microphone and, you know, hold a press conference until it's over when all the questions uh, can get asked. But that's not maybe he'll do that here. I don't know. It's not his style. He doesn't tend to. But it's, it's not typically what he does. And he, yeah. he, he just, you know, it, talk about zero confidence. So in looking t- for the next mayor, I think more than normal, part of the the quality that we're looking for and that voters are going to go for is this sort of leadership feeling. Like you could have a person who is whip smart, has great ideas, but if they don't come off as a strong leader then they're not going to get elected. You mentioned when uh, the press conference, or the, it wasn't really a press conference, when he was caught on tape 
saying that uh, he's looking forward to the day when he uh, is no longer mayor. And you, you sort of, and I know, I know you didn't mean it disparagingly because it was the 4th of July, um, but you said perhaps he's had a, had a couple too many beers. That's, um, th- that's a hammer that people use against him against him more often than not when they criticize him. We don't actually know if he had a drink on the 4th of July, right? Um, I mean, I, I, I oh no, we, of, we, I, we don't. And I said it, you know, very hypothetically. Um, it was the 4th of July. I, I would actually hope that he had a few drinks because it would explain why he'd be so stupid as to get in front of a TV camera and say what he said in the wake of a shooting. Listen, if you want to say that during a long ranging interview about a lot of topics, okay, but this was this this was all happening because there was a shooting. It's the literally of, outside of the emergency room at Jefferson. Which, right. I mean, it's just stupid. Like the man, he says stupid things. He doesn't say things when he should be saying things. He says things when he shouldn't be saying things. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it, it's it's gotten to the point, and it was at this point a while ago where he's just kind of a joke, and it's sad because. Philadelphia has so much potential and we need a mayor who can get us there or help get us there. Yeah, the perception of Jim Kenney as while a council member at large, he was a problem solver. He was a doer. He was a thinker outside of a traditional box in city city council. Um, That perception somewhere along the line changed when he became mayor. Um, And it's a perception that unfortunately may may haunt him uh, for the rest of his career. Yeah, I mean, he was actually good on council. He got a lot done on council. Listen, not everybody is meant to be mayor, right? Curtis Jones is my district council person. I think Curtis does a lot of good for the district. It's a difficult district to manage. Um, It's a large district. Um, Do I think he would be a great mayor of the city? Not particularly, but I think he does a great job doing what he does. Listen, I'm a reporter. I'm a writer for Philadelphia Magazine. I am not a editor of the magazine. Why not? Because I want to be a good editor. I'm probably going to regret saying that, but I hate taking other people, because I do it sometimes. I take other people's stories and you know I'm supposed to make them better and publishable. Um, I do do that once in a while, and I hate it, and I'm, I'm not particularly good at it. It takes me forever. I recognize that about myself. Am I a, a great reporter? I, you know, not to toot my own horn, and I know I have my haters out there, but um, I think I am. Uh, so Kenny was a, a great councilman. I'll, I'll even go so far as to give him the benefit of the doubt and call him great. Um, but he's the opposite as mayor. Uh, so some people just need to stay... Uh, stay with what they know and 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 you know it's great to have aspirations but not when not when you're the wrong person for the job which in retrospect kenny clearly is well we have five former members of council who think they'd be a great mayor um let's start talking about the that field sure it's quite a field uh you know we we just got to look at some of the new numbers in terms of the amount of money being raised or the amount of money, you know, that the different candidates 
have yeah. on hand. And that, you know, that's like Alan Dom is leading the pack with cash on hand right now, just under 2 million. Is that right? And uh, in terms of Alan Dom, most of, you know, it's just important to say that most of the money in Alan Dom's campaign coffer has been his own money. Um, which is not a shot at him. I think it's just important to say he's no. He's fact, you know self funded. I love the idea that uh, someone is not taking dark money uh, or right. someone's not taking spe- special interest money, so that uh, when it comes time to do business, um, they may hopefully be a, a little bit more above board than uh, than someone who may be compromised. That's right, and I do think that Alan has uh, has a good chance. Uh, he has a lot of fans in in the city particularly in the restaurant and hospitality industry you know he's a partner in some of uh philadelphia's better restaurants he's basically the person uh or i should say he at least was a partner i'm not sure what his status is right now but he certainly invested in uh so many great restaurants in philadelphia and steven star wouldn't be steven star without him um the streeteries which were absolutely beloved by the restaurants and people who love to go to restaurants. They were all Alan Dom. You, you would have never seen those streeteries without him. Um, he's kind of had a quiet presence on city council and some have sort of wondered if he goes too far. He, he likes to say he doesn't like, you know, to go out there and boast and take credit. Some, some insiders have sort of wondered, well, that might actually hurt you. Um, in the long run, because people don't know the good things that you've done. Uh, but, you know, he's now, at least now, certainly spending more money than any other candidate um, on television commercials, which is, you know, obviously a good forum to tell people what you're about and what you've done. Yeah. And his commercials are interesting because, you know, he does, he dedicates an entire commercial to potholes. Uh, or just recently, I saw one of them walking in a grocery store uh, talking about shoplifting. Uh, and they're they're just different uh, than the uh, many of the other ads that I see uh, by the other candidates. Uh, That's right. And, and I mean, he has the benefit of all that money so he can have five, 10 commercials, whatever it is, um, whereas a lot of those other candidates aren't going to produce that number of commercials. They just don't have the funding to do it. So he has the benefit of being able to get different messages out there, have a different style and quality of commercials. And they don't come off like some of the other candidates' commercials uh, do, in my opinion. I, I mean, the other thing about him having all these commercials and all this airtime is that they really give you a sense of him and what his presence is like. And this, I think, goes back to the leadership question, You know, being able to give off that vibe. And I was talking to some of my colleagues about this recently, and I think actually we say this in the new um, issue of Philadelphia Magazine, the April issue, which the cover feature package is all about what we're talking about right now, who will be the next mayor, that Alan, you know, almost has this sort of Rendellian quality to him um, in terms of the way, the vibe that you get off of him when you're when you're in his presence. He's not up at that level. Rendell was, you know, a special kind of beast, uh, you know, shirtless and diving into the pool. Um, Extremely personable. Yes. And, and, and Alan moves in that direction for sure. Whereas some of the other candidates absolutely do not. Now, how much, how, how important will that be? You know, when we go to the voting booth, uh, you know, I guess we'll have to see, but I think that it's that kind of thing because they're all basically saying, 
the same thing, just generally speaking, like, oh, we have to deal with poverty, we have to deal with crime, we have to deal with this and that, um, and make uh, the city a safer place. Okay, great. I mean, you know, and we know that they all have good intentions and want to do that. Um, but th- there's this character quality that is just so important. So <laughs> it's definitely going to be an interesting primary day. And uh, as we all know, primary day um, is essentially the general election, uh, just because of how democratic the city is and the chances of a Republican candidate popping up and beating the Democratic nominee are you know, pretty slim. I, I don't think we've seen a race like that since the time that Sam Katz was running against John Street and had a pretty good shot, I think, at beating John Street until the whole FBI um, bug in City Hall scandal, uh, which sort of won that election for Street. You know, if we look at um, Sherelle Parker, you know, she's the one who's really getting the Democratic machine uh, behind her. And we certainly seems like it. Well, certainly, you know, there have been a number of elected Democratic officials, um, you know, at the state level um, and party organizers are really seeming to get behind her, which some would argue is more important than some of the big endorsements that somebody like Rebecca Reinhardt is getting. Uh, You know, I remember when she was endorsed by uh, John Street, which was, you know, her first quote unquote big endorsement. I was talking to a, uh, a you know, a, a, a Democratic insider um, in the state who has a radio show and does some lobbying, and she 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 was saying people were you know just laughing at that you know that 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 Rebecca was touting the endorsement of you know a former mayor who people didn't necessarily like all that much. Um, so it'll be interesting to see now that Rebecca has Street and Nutter. Uh, lined up well, and, and and the inquiry, the powerful and and the powerful eighth ward, which is Center City West, and the vote rich fifth ward, which is um, you know mo- uh, most of Center City right. East, uh, and the ninth ward, uh, which is uh, you know uh, up there in the northwest. So she is racking up some legit endorsements she is and she just picked up uh the philadelphia inquirer uh it's i I would never be able to offer a prediction as to who is going to win this thing at this point i actually don't think anybody can make a strong guess at that um before uh the primary day um but i would not be the least bit surprised if rebecca uh pulled this off uh and i don't think that would be a bad thing for the city um you know, she's she's had her time in uh, Philly government. She was a competent controller. She, you know, clamped down on, um, you know, misspent money and, and corruption. And I, I, I personally think she could she could do the job well. Um, I don't know who I'm voting for at this point. I know who I'm not voting for, um, but I, I, I don't think I'll be able to make a really clear decision on the mayor's race until, um, till I get, well, till at least I'm outside the barbershop in West Philly where I vote. <laughs> right. With crime being the number one, you know, issue, uh, according to all the polls, it's interesting that Rebecca's ad doesn't really hammer crime at all. Um, and I think Sherelle Parker, 
her ad, one ad uh, about crime really seems to zero in on it and she just comes across as very competent. Uh, I don't know if that's, and I, I don't know her very well, uh, but she just comes across and communicates uh, as though she identifies, you know, the number one issue and she uses the words and lawlessness. And you're not going to get a candidate like Alan Dom or Jeff Brown to use those words. When Sherelle uses them, it's pretty powerful. It's true. I think the Sherelle Parker campaign is doing a fabulous job. The first thing I saw from her was actually driving through Fairmount Park um, towards 76. And right in you know a big green space on the right where thousands and thousands of cars pass by every day. It was a big Sherelle Parker poster. And, you know, it might seem silly to talk about a photograph, but the, the photograph of her was just perfect. It, it did everything that a campaign photo should do that some of the other candidates are lacking in. It showed her to be a strong, powerful, but accessible person um, and personable. It, it was just the way she's looking out aspirationally into the sky. I just loved it. And that was a good indicator for me um, that the Parker campaign had a few things going on. Um, And then since then, yeah, the commercial that you're talking about, and I think I just saw another commercial that she put out there that was very much speaking directly to black voters. Um, So I, you know, I think Sherelle is one of those people that, you know, definitely has a good shot at this thing. She's a powerful communicator, at least. Um, That was my takeaway when I first heard her speak, when she ran for city council initially. That's right. She is. Um, She is a powerful communicator. I think it's a good way to put it. I am curious who Rendell is going to endorse. He told me a couple of weeks ago that he does plan to make an endorsement, um, and he was just kind of waiting to do it. So it, it would be interesting to see if Reinhardt could pull off a trifecta of former Philadelphia mayors, you know, and you say what you will about Rendell, but him giving somebody the thumbs up, I think does mean a lot to a certain segment of voters. Um, Certainly to a, to an older uh, voter. Sure. Um, I think not older, older, but you know, um, whereas the young votes seem to be, coalescing behind Helen Gim. Yeah, no surprises there. Um, I, I was just actually watching Helen Gim's uh, first TV ad. And it's funny because like the, I, I was looking at the, I think a lot about, we, we talked about the Sherelle Parker photo. Um, and I think a lot about imagery in these ads and commercials, probably more than I should or that, than most people do. But if you look at her, at least in the commercial, you know, when it comes up and says Helen Gim for mayor at the end with the logo, it is such a, a, a logo geared towards, you know, that 20 something voter. Um, if you look it up and you'll see immediately what I mean. Uh, so yeah, we're sitting here on your podcast talking about fonts, but you know, fonts are important. Uh, and they (laughs) real that, 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 um, that font just screams about at, screams at the, um, the the voter that you're talking about the 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 very young hyper progressive voter who um, thinks skin is the way, is the way to go. But I think that Rebecca um, 
could have a good chance at pulling some of those voters. We'll see. Um, and and uh, frankly, I think that we have never had a woman uh, as mayor before, and we have some extremely competent uh, women um, who I think would do a great job. So, uh, you know, it, that is an outcome that I'd be more than happy to see. I personally think that Gim is too polarizing. Um, I think she is going to have a hard time pulling this off, but we'll see. We'll see. Now, you know, well, her- she's she's raised a lot of money after Alan Dom. I think she's second with cash on hand. That's right. She's gotten the endorsement of the 39th Ward, which is deep right. South Philadelphia. Uh, the first ward, which um, which is just north of deep South Philadelphia, and the second ward, which is up here in uh, um, you know Passion Square, Bella Vista, Queen Village, and that area. Uh, they're the wards that delivered a surprising victory to uh, State Senator Nick Saval. Uh, and they're the wards that helped deliver the district attorney's office to Larry Crass. That's right. That's right. The second ward became a vote powerhouse out of nowhere. Uh, they just did a really good job of getting out the vote here in the second ward. So, hey, don't get me wrong. Uh, Gim has some great uh, wards in her back pocket uh, for sure. But does it translate to being able to reach um, other folks that aren't necessarily uh, super liberal? Uh, That's right. Or even moderate, moderately liberal. Right. I mean, this is not a super liberal city by any means. No. By any means. No. Jeff Brown, we really haven't talked about other than, you know, uh, the soda tax uh, that, that he was against and the fact that he's uh, also self-funded. Uh, is he tapping into something? Um, you know, the business person, the, the person that has nothing to do with City Hall. Uh, and is it going to be enough? I don't think he's going to have enough. He also, you know, has had a couple of missteps um, that, you know, could cost him some of the black vote and certainly of the, you know, more progressive vote. Um yeah, I, I don't. Jeff is, has a lot of money. He's spending a lot of money. He paints himself, you know, as a sort of hero of certain neighborhoods and communities. At the end of the day, I personally don't think he's going to pull it off. Um, I, you know, <laughs> there was a time where we said things like, oh, you know, this is a great candidate because you know they're an outsider or certain people said that and of course i'm talking about donald trump um because you know oh he's not an insider you know he hasn't spent years um you know in the sort of corrupt political machine uh you know that's what we said about donald trump oh it's so great that he's not a politician well you know you got to know how the city works um jeff brown clearly doesn't he's demonstrated that very clearly um and his suggestion that he can just, you know, hire the right people who know how the city works. I mean, sure, you could do that, but there are also candidates who are running who know how the city works, who know how to get well, a budget done, who know how yeah. to do all of the things that a mayor has to know how to do. He has no idea. What he has are grocery stores. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I must say I'm a little biased against Jeff Brown because, um, you know, he loves to talk about how he's brought supermarkets into food deserts. And, uh, 
ironically, the only grocery store within remote walking distance of me was uh, a shop right uh, that he shut down. And, you know, there's now no uh, grocery store in the neighborhood. And I, I realized, you know, he did that because he claimed he was losing all this money due to the soda tax and the grocery store is too close to the border with uh, Delco and with Montgomery County, yada, yada, yada. His Some of his claims about that um, have been a little sketchy and he never fully backed them up. But um, in any event, I, I, I don't see Jeff Brown pulling this off. But then again, who knows? Uh, would it surprise me if he did? It, it really wouldn't. But, you know, I just he's not in my he's not on my short list of people who I think are going to be our next mayor. Yeah, I think he's peaked too soon. That's um, part of it. But that's that's just, you know, and I think that's just by the very nature of pouring so much money so early. Uh, we saw the same thing happen to Tom Knox. That's right. Absolutely. Tom Knox. Uh, and with Jeff Brown, you know, just the latest incident. If you're going to be the mayor of the sixth largest city in Philadelphia, uh, in the country that has the demographics that it has, you should know that using the word lynch is not something that you can do lightly and that it's not going to end well for you. So, I mean, we're already seeing and, and that's not the first sort of thing that he did that has uh, received that kind of criticism. Um, and so I think the fact that he has missteps like that, you know, before he's even mayor, he's just, he's, to me, he's painting, painting himself out to be somebody who shouldn't be mayor of the sixth largest city in the country that has the demographics that it has. Sherelle Parker does communicate that competence. She does. I think Sherelle has a great shot at this. And again, going back to the point of, We've never had a woman mayor. I'm very thankful that we have some uh, woman candidates who I think would do a good job, uh, maybe some better than others. But, hey, I, I, I would be very happy to write the story the day after the primary that, uh, you know, Philadelphia has nominated a woman as mayor. Um, because, again, I think we have some who would do, uh, do the job well. Who's on your short list? Well, Dom, for sure, um, has a great shot at winning this thing. Gim could pull it off. Sherelle could pull it off um, for sure. I really like Rebecca. I'm not saying I'm going to vote for Rebecca, but I really like her. And um, we also have to remember that she pulled off a major upset, um, however many years ago that was. She sure is. I mean, day. people, people <laughs> that 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 shook the shook the local uh, Democratic establishment to its core. Like she came from out of nowhere and defeated a I can't remember how many term incumbent uh, for controller. Um, but you know, but he was very unpopular. Yeah, no, um, you're right. He was. But, uh, you know, I think she can she can pull things off. I like her uh, just personally. I like her. Um think she comes off she comes off well maybe not as well as some of the other candidates but um yeah her story is competence sure you, you 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 don't succeed at being a controller if you can't and don't understand how government runs and works that's right so, she's exceedingly uh, smart i i think that is very clear and i think that is very important you you wake up on election day who's the next mayor Alan. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll 
we'll play this back after the primary and, <laughs> and we'll see how see how well we'll see you how did. Stupid, I look. <laughs> well, that's okay. <laughs> One candidate who's running for city council at large who has gotten lots of endorsements and who would make history in becoming the first openly gay um, sitting member of city council um, is Rue Landau. Really racking up some impressive endorsements. What do you What do you think? Do you think she's the the you know at the front of the line of someone who could break through? I think Rue is the real deal based on the sort of wide assortment of friends and associates of mine who I see out there on social saying things about her, um, hosting events for her. I was just invited this morning to yet another uh, Rue event. Uh, Rue has lots and lots of events. Um, I think that Rue would be a great, uh, make for a great council person. And I think she has a very good shot at it. There is a lot of momentum behind her. Um, and you know, yeah, let's, let's, it's time to make history here. So let's, let's make history. Uh, we have a great candidate who, um, is gay. We've never had a sitting member before who is gay. And so I say, let's make history. I would never say that if I didn't think that the, uh, person was, would do a good job. Um, you know, certainly, uh, first and foremost, uh, are, you know, are they a good fit? I think Rue, Rue is, I've met her before. I'm, you know, kind of pay attention to her. And, uh, I think again, based on what I'm seeing and, you know, the, the momentum she has, she's, she's, she's going to pull this off. I certainly, I'll be voting for her. I'm willing to say that I'll be voting for her. Good. Uh, well, not to show my cards, but, uh, she's a Bella Vistan, uh, a friend and a Mm -hmm. neighbor uh, for since the nineties. So I am certainly rooting for her. Talk about competent. Um, I, you know, no one has to worry um, that um, Rue Landau doesn't know how to do the job of city council uh, city council person. Right. Well, I'm glad to hear that since I'll be voting for her. I guess I'm allowed to say that I'm voting for her. What the heck? Sure. You why not? Say anything you'd like. I'd like to know who you're <laughs> going to pull the lever for uh, for mayor. But uh, I just don't. I just don't know. Um, you know, Gim is an interesting character um she a lot of the local business people small business owners i talk to are nervous about the prospect of her becoming mayor that she's not going to be friendly to business um and obviously the city has been economically devastated so um people want i know a certain food truck owner who would uh, would agree with you for sure on that one. Oh yeah, that that old story. Um, yeah, so Gim is a very strong candidate. Um, I I just don't know. Uh, I yeah, I mean, don't uh, Alan, Rebecca, Helen, and um, Sherelle are really, I guess, the ones at this point that I'm sort of debating, but I, I don't lean one way or the other between any of them. Uh, I just don't know yet. I just don't know. You get out and about all the time. I know you're a foodie uh, because I follow you on Facebook. Where do you go? You got to pick one place in this town. What is your, your, your tried and true? 
the place <laughs> you like to go uh, above all others? Well, no, I'm going to tell you that if if you said to me, I want to meet you in the city for dinner, um, I would have to go back to one of my old favorites, which is Villa de Roma, and I would sit at the bar. Oh, nice pick. I would sit at the pop bar and I would have, you know, a martini and one of their little, I like that they have the smaller martini glasses. I'm not a bartender, so I don't know what you call that, that glassware, but I like the smaller glass. Uh, I wish they would improve their olives, uh, but I love that place. You know, go down there, put my name in, sit, have a martini, go into the other room and uh, have, uh, they, they do that sausage and pasta dish. I can't remember the name of it, but I, I just love uh, Vildaroma. I love that place. Victor Fiorello, thank you so very much for joining us today on Philly Built. Um, We'll talk to you real soon. Sounds good. I'll be reading you even sooner. See you now. Thank you. And that wraps up today's show, folks. Just remember, no matter who you choose, please get out and vote on May 16th. We'll pick back up here in a couple weeks for the second half of the second season of Philly Built.